Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode seven of Indie Stars Dog Talk podcast with Akeem Glasby. I am Matt Glenesk, and I am joined by the aforementioned Akeem Glasby. Akeem, happy Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. I hope you had some good time with the family, and uh, not so good time for for the Bulldogs over the holidays, um, losing to Providence on the road in an overtime game. They they had it was there for the taking, and then losing on the road Tuesday night at St. John's in a game that they really were never. I mean, it got close-ish, but they never really threatened to win that ball game. So, thoughts on the, the first uh, getting back into Big East play with Providence and St. John's two losses? Yeah, um, it's just uh, two kind of not deflating performances, but definitely two games that they're going to want to have back. Obviously, the big kind of kerfuffle about the Providence game is: do you foul or do you not foul? And foul. In, in hindsight, yes, you foul, but uh, if he misses a shot, we were not talking about it. So, ifs, you know, ifs and buts. Come on. Yes, it won't happen again. I think it was pretty clear that they wanted them to foul and they didn't. So that's obviously not a good thing. But again, if you missed a shot, we're not talking about it. The St. John's game was a little bit more just uh, disappointing, I would say. They came out flat. But to their credit, like again, they lose by 16, but this is a game last year they would have lost by 25. And they're not in the business of moral victories, but I think they were trying to get a spark. They, they clearly there was something going on. You know, that's the downside of not being in the, in the building. That I wasn't exactly sure what Dad was unhappy about, or like what specifically was bothering him about the referees. But obviously, late in the game, he's ejected, and uh, yeah, that was he seemed pretty upset. Didn't really go into it after the game, but he just said he was standing up for his players. So something I'm not exactly sure what was going on. I mean, the, the foul disparity. There wasn't too much of a foul disparity. I mean, they shot more free throws, but four of those free throws came after he got ejected so I'm not exactly sure where that came from hopefully I can speak to him sometime this week but yeah there was I guess your head coach can't have the most amount of fight on the team I'm not saying the guys quit but St. John just took it to him yeah the past two games have also coincided with Jamil Telfort has really struggled these past two games Um, eight points versus Providence only nine last or Tuesday night against St. John's he is 12 of 42 in his last three games from the field, that's 29%. So, I mean, when we were talking about him being the team's MVP up until that point and that they were deep and that they could maybe overcome, but you can't have him shooting, you know, missing 30 shots in the last three games and expect to to win those games. Um, DJ Davis, he has stepped up to his credit. He had 25 points against St. John's, hitting threes. I think uh, I did the numbers. He is 16 of 31 in his past five games. So you shoot 52% from behind the arc, shooting long ones too. So you just have to marry that, you know, get Telfort back on track. What what have you seen from Jamil that, that has kind of led to his struggles these past two games? Yeah, it's been the same thing that's plagued him kind of throughout these struggles is everything's short. You know, he gets to the paint, he has a size, but when it comes to actually finishing at the hoop, it's like – clanking off the front of the rim so I don't know if he's fatigued I mean they've had they had a week off so you would think you'd have fresh legs at this point granted they're on the road they're traveling um that seems to be a kind of a bugaboo for them playing on the road in general is it Biggie's physicality is that because he seems like a very physical player he's a big dude and in the non-conference he was bullying people and he tried to do that last night on or Tuesday night on on occasions but the shots just aren't going in so we had talked before like we're okay with him taking shots. Like, we're like, 16 shots, too many shots for Jamil Telford. Well, like, no, because he might be your your best player. But, like I said, he's missed 30 shots the last three games. That's 
that's just not going to get it done. Yes, but I, I can't say it's physicality when DJ. I mean, granted, they operate in different ways, but DJ Davis that's is true. kind of excelling, that's and Pierre Brooks also struggled, and he's not a small guy either. No. So, but I, I mean, yes, while they're older players, they they are making a jump up in play. So, yeah, I, maybe I credit to DJ for adjusting the way he has. But then again, they have UConn coming in, so they don't really have time. The adjustment period, this was the adjustment period. And now they're, they're UConn and Marquette are here to you know smack them in the mouth. And they have to uh, answer, and they have to protect home court. That's something they've been doing well because these road games seem to be really bothering them. Something There's some type of disconnect when they travel that's not really connecting. But that's why that Providence game was so important. Yes. That Providence game, if you get that win, you say, look at, we've, you know, and Providence was like 10 and 2 at the time or something like that. We just beat a, a decent to good and team on the road. Are they, are they ranked now, Steve? Yes. They're, they're ranked now. So, like, that would have been a statement. Now we kind of have this reality check where, you know, we were feeling good about Butler coming into the, the meat of Biggie's play. You lose those, you know, you beat Georgetown, who you expect to beat at home. But then the other, you know, you, you had to. You had to steal one of these next two at Providence and St. John's. And again, we're never really in the St. John's game. Like, never really threatened to win the St. John's game, I'll say that. Um, whereas the Providence game was there for the taking, and they just let it go. Again, this is a team learning together, but at this point, you, you should know to foul when you're up by three with, you know, five seconds left. And they need to get more on the interior. Uh, Jalen Thomas has been kind of struggling a little bit. Andre Screen is, is good in his role, but you you've talked you talked with Jalen Thomas, and he says he prefers the four. That was last year. That was last year. He, oh, okay. He's gained. He's gained. Well, some, now he knows he's not playing the four, so well, he, he better. So he might change his. Yes, team. he's gained some weight, but I mean, okay. uh, but when you're going against Joel Soriano, who's yeah. two fifty, you know, at listed at two fifty, he could be. You know, two seventy. It's just he's at a size disadvantage. And again, Andre Screen, he had a really efficient game, three for four, seven points. But twenty-one minutes is about what you want him to play. So there, there seems like they're about one big man short. You know, Bowden Kapke doesn't get in this game. That's a lot to ask him to go. You know, body up Joel Soriano. So it seems like they're one big East caliber big man short. Where you know Bowden Kapke can be be that down the road, but at this moment he. I, it doesn't seem like they'd really trust him. Well, he's a true freshman. Yes, and Finley was the, Finley played nine minutes. Didn't not a great game. Landon Moore kind of struggled as well. Just he had one moment where he was really confident. Well, he was he's always confident. He's always willing to take shots. But he had one moment where he really attacked the basket, finished, and you're like, okay, there you go. And then. He said he took some shots he probably shouldn't have taken. Well, he they, they it was one swing to the corner. It was like during a run, they made the extra pass to him in the corner, and he like it would it would have been a really strong momentum changing shot, and he bricked it. And then it felt like his confidence just kind of sank after that. And the press, all the guards struggled against the press. That's something I didn't think we'd see. That's something we saw a lot last year, and that was a little disheartening to see them just giving the ball away. You know, even if it's three turnovers, that's you know potentially six points in a close game that they can't. Have. So, well, the second chance points were really what killed them. Yes, St. John's. What was it, twenty-three to seven on second chance points? Because yeah. the rebounding wasn't very lopsided. It was just what St. John's was doing with those second opportunities. Correct, and yeah, um, so they're going to have to figure something out. You know, I don't, I don't know exactly what they can do. You know, Posh had a strong first half, but they neutralized him in the second half, and maybe it's just Pierre Brooks needs to be more, you know, assertive. Maybe take some of that load off Jamil. It seems like DJ Davis is doing his part, and I would imagine, you know, as the season progresses, they're gonna. He, 
I don't know how teams allow him to get off 10 threes. You know, you really have to kind of deny him and prevent him from catching the ball because, again, he has parking lot range. So He also can take it to the basket. Yes, that is true. I he mean, is, He's really crafty around yeah, the basket. Yeah, I mean, because he's small and you just see the way. But he, he's not afraid to, to mix it in there. He's got a nice little floater. I, I've been in the beginning of the year. We weren't seeing what we were promised with him, mm-hmm. which is this, this prolific three-point shooter, thousand-point scorer, that type of thing. Where you, you knew, and now you know back-to-back twenty-point games. He seems like if you can get him, Telfort, and Brooks clicking on the same night, that's a lot of firepower. That's mm-hmm. a team that can score ninety points a game. But I don't think we've seen them all clicking yet in the same game. Yes, and I I don't know what to attribute that to. You know, um, watching the telecast, you know, Dad was saying in the huddle, like, you know, we're getting good shots. Like, keep shooting. He seemed to be encouraged about that. But at the same time, he was kind of harping on the defense. And, you know, Brady Dunlap had 10 points in the first half. He hadn't had more than four points, five points in a game. Maybe that's – I guess he wasn't on the scouting report. You know, I guess you see him come in. I would assume he could shoot, <laughs> but uh, why do you assume he could shoot? Because he's six seven, right? And <laughs> but uh, so that was in the first half. That was something. Okay, they they corrected that in the second half. They corrected the rebounding, but it just seems like they could never quite put it all together. And there was just something. You know, they had six point six people in double figures. So credit to St. John's for adjusting as well. You know, and spreading it out and finding a more offense. Because Soriano had a good game. You know, fourteen and twelve. But you know, he had twenty and ten last year against them so he he didn't have quite the dominant game but they didn't need to because they had you know Chris Ledlam at 13 and 11 so they they that's a well-rounded St. John's team definitely more so than last year so credit to them for improving and I'm sure Rick Pitino has those guys you know fired up and ready to go but just yeah a little bit of a disappointment because they they weren't in the game and it doesn't get any easier no no number four UConn comes to Hinkle on Friday night I like the 6.30 start. I'm a big fan of the 6.30 start because that means I get to go to bed a little bit earlier. Though I think, no, I don't. I think IU or Purdue plays late that night too. Yeah, scroogey there. Uh, but, uh, and then they got to go to number seven Marquette back to back. So that's like, that's as hard as it gets in this in this conference going from UConn to Marquette. That's why these first two, these. I will say that, I mean, Klingon is out for UConn. Okay, so, so that's big because... That is, yes, he's a dominant big man, and if there's obviously a weakness right now, it's a, a dominant big man for UConn. So at home, no Donovan Klingon, you know, obviously they're going to be, you know, double-digit underdogs probably even at home, I would say. You know, I'm not a handicapper, but if I would, you know, at home... Butler has shown they can knock off teams. They beat a ranked Xavier last year on a team that was much worse. You know, Kansas this, State. Yes, Kansas State, who wasn't they weren't ranked at the time, but obviously went on to be a very t- uh, successful team. Elite Eight, I think, right? Something like that. Something, yes, I, I yeah. believe. So at home, you know, I would say it's a, it's a toss up. When you get these guys at home, the crowd's going to be fired up Friday night. I believe the students are back on campus now, so I'm not going to I'm not calling for an upset, but I wouldn't be shocked if they win that game. Well, that's like we have seen Hinkle play its part in games like this before. You know, there's you know the Gonzaga game comes to mind a few years ago. It's probably more than a few years ago now because I'm old, but that one comes to mind. There, there have always been these moments at Hinkle against high ranked teams. So, you know, Hinkle's going to have to do its part. Um, but again, you're going to have to. DJ Davis is going to have to hit shots. Pierre mm-hmm. Brooks, the only player on Butler's team this year who has hit double figures in scoring in every game. So you know you're going to get. At least ten from him, but you need you need more. You need him in that seventeen to twenty four range, and you need Telford to make shots. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you talked about the post, and it's 
we were worried about it coming into the season that there just wasn't a lot of depth behind Jalen Thompson. And we didn't know what, what Butler had in Andre Screen. He's exceeded my expectations. He has. Jalen uh, Thomas is a, is a good player. Is he a Big East 5? Probably not. But he's a but he's a good player, and he's got some. He had a couple hooks, you know, uh, against St. John. So, and we've seen him hit a jump shot, just and we've seen him block shots. It's just he never really puts it all together for an extended period of time in a game. And then Andre Screen is he's been fun to watch, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, and there was a nice there was a nice drop past him with a big mm-hmm. dunk. So yeah, you thought, he, he gets he gets off his feet quicker than you think. Like that second jump is for his size, it's impressive. But again, the the conditioning, you know, that's something he's been working on. But, you know, for extended, and then once you get tired, that's when you start fouling, and that's when it just kind of his size advantages is negated. But, yeah, um, Jalen is going to have to shoulder more of a load. And, I, yeah, and there's no one really behind him because then how much can Bowden handle? I would like to see him get spot minutes. How about Cassia? Is he even in the conversation because he's, what, six, eight, six, seven? But he, um, I mean, it, Okay, that that tells me that tells me we're not going to see Cassia for for a minute. I, I, yeah, no, I wouldn't expect him to play because if if Cappy's not getting in, I don't think Augusto would because he's even more raw than Bowden. Just he all the athletic ability is there, but just it seems like he just needs some more refinement. I would say because the athletic ability isn't the issue, but how much trust do they have on him? You know, for him to play an extended minutes in an important game. That time is over. He he unfortunately was injured during the time where he could have gotten his feet wet and you know kind of progressed and learned. So I, that's a really unfortunate situation for him. Maybe he'll show flashes, but I don't know. You might have to chalk this up to a learning year. Yeah, for him. it's pretty much an eight man rotation right now, and one of those being like a true freshman and and Finley Bizjack, and then the other being you know landed more and Andre Screen. So those are really the only three that are playing off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, but that was the plan. I mean, that, it was never going to stay a ten man rotation. That he wants to. F- Thad wanted to find the three guys, three, four guys that he could trust. Obviously, the, the fourth guy in terms of someone getting in foul trouble. And, you know, and to their credit, you know, Jalen had four fouls. Andre had three fouls. So, I, would, I mean, Jalen was one foul away from Bowden maybe coming into the game. But, yeah, um, the rotation is what it is. And I think Finley is going to have to have – he's had his moments. He he was showing more confidence. This was a small step back. But he can be someone that can give you 10 points off the bench. And that they're going to need that at some point because, yeah, there is a lot more tension on DJ and, and Pierre and Jamil has been struggling. So, yeah, uh, him and Landon are going to be very important. I, I still think there's a breakout game and Landon Moore coming. Yes. I, I, I can see it coming there. He's He's got all the tools you need for, for a solid – Backup guard who can grow into you know starter as a junior or senior. It's player. hard to play point guard in the Big East. You know, um, Pasha Alexander. He's I mean he's he's a grown man. He's he's in, he's a he's a fourth year senior. Landon is he's still a fairly young player. He he was playing a different role at St. Francis, and even then he was injured for a part of the time, so he didn't have a complete season at St. Francis. So I still kind of look at Landon as a freshman as well. I know he's technically a sophomore, but I kind of look at Landon as a freshman too. So they're, they're definitely going through growing pains, but yes, someone between Andre Screen, Landon Moore, and Finley Bizjak has to pop against UConn. Yeah, so UConn, what, what are your keys for, like, Butler wins if... Butler wins if two players score twenty points. Okay, they are even on the rebounding in, in the rebounding battle. They don't have to win it, but they can't be dominated. They can't be out rebounded by you know by a 10, 10 board margin. So they have to keep the rebounding close, and they have to limit turnovers. And I'll, I'll, I'll 
not even turnovers, second chance points. Because an offensive rebound and a second chance points, I kind of look at that as a turnover. That is a turnover. And yeah. those those can be demoralizing. So they have to protect the boards, limit second chance turnovers, and they need two players to go for twenty points. So whether that's DJ and Pierre, you know, Jamil and Pierre, Posh and DJ. Two players have to go for 20 points because if DJ goes for 25 and, you know, Posh and Pierre combined for 22, it's just not enough. They're going to have to – because they've shown that they can win in shootouts. Unfortunately, their defense isn't quite where it needs to be, but they can win in shootouts. They have firepower and they have confident guys. You know, Jamil has made huge shots in clutch times. Pierre Pierre Brooks is playing with the most confidence he's played probably since high school. DJ Davis is, he sh- again, like you said, he's showing that he is as advertised, you know, a, a marksman. So they have to they have to show up and they have to, it's either they're going to have to get in a shootout or they're going to have to play better and, and rebound much better. And I think right now it's trending toward winning a shootout. All right, prior to the St. John's game in Joe Lenardi's bracketology, Butler was among the last four out. Obviously way too early to really put too much stock into that. It's mainly just based off their non-conference body of work, which wasn't terrible, which was pretty good for Butler. You know, some, you know, taking away the losses, but they have some okay wins, tier two-ish wins. You beat UConn. There's your mm-hmm. you know, marquee win, the number one win on the ledger. That's how big this game is. For Butler, it's you know, it's not a must win. It's not a must win. But if you win this and you get a, you hover around five hundred in conference play, you get this win at something you can point to on Selection Sundays. How many teams have beat the defending national champions? We yes. did. So that's they've got to bring it. They got to bring everything they have, and so does Hinkle. And I've I've been in that building on Friday nights. It it plays a part, and so it, it it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to watch. I'm excited. All right. Well, he is Akeem Glasby. We think this is episode seven of Dog Talk Podcast. We're not very good at counting, um, but we'll get better at that. Akeem, thank you. 